just wanted to take a minute before the episode started to thank you for tuning in. As we want this to be a community, we've set up an email address for other fellow dads or parents in general to send in their stories. The address is nbhdpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in your stories as an email or a voice note with this email address. It gives us the ability to learn more, to experience more, and to understand more about being a dad. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode two of New Baby Who Dis podcast. I am your host, Paul Stokes, with my fellow host, Anthony Beirudi. What's up, buddy? We made it to episode two. You did it. Well, first, I want to just start off by saying last episode, we kind of like breezed over us having kids and the labor process. But what I didn't describe, I guess, was for my own emotional roller coaster that I went through, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, I was so happy when it actually happened. Nothing in my life has ever come close to it. What an experience. And I, I, I can't describe it in words, but when it happened, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a life changer for sure. It's awesome. And yeah. then every day is, is fun. You know, so it's a little, it's a, you know, this morning, Eli decided to head butt free. You know, not the best, but then he like, <laughs> <laughs> my head butted you. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah. So was it, uh, was it a like head on head or where did he hit her? Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, but he, he thought it was like a, a, an awesome thing yeah. and Preet didn't feel that way. But then, you know, cause her head was ringing cause she literally got head butted. Um, big head too. Big Um, but you know what, man? They're the best. It's fine. It's yeah. awesome. There's nothing better. What could be better? Nothing. It puts everything in perspective for sure. On another note, put like I want to put my hand up saying, you know, oh, well, mine will be different. Mine will be all this stuff. Like every day is exactly what we were told or what our friends told us about. So I'm putting my hand up to be like, yeah, I'm sorry. I should have listened. If you if you see it, you 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 see the experience of others and you just learn from it and then you try your best. I mean, you listen. It's but I want to talk about I'm I'm a, I'm a, I want to talk to some of something here for a second. Okay. We're gonna talk about I went baby car seat shopping yesterday. Okay. Baby car seat shopping. You can't prepare you can't prepare somebody for this. This isn't this isn't one of those things where you do some mental prep. It is just a disaster. But this why town, did you, why did you go car seat shopping? Tell why. Well, kid's too big for the one he's in right now, right? So he's... Which is another... It's its own subject. Right. So, like, why don't they sell you at the beginning, like, <laughs> the three sizes of your kid? It's not like your kid's going to just stay at the size of the stroller thing. Why? Like, we got the upper baby thing, the stroller. Infant, like, yeah, we got the infant car seat. Yeah, it's the best thing ever, this thing. It's like a Rolls Royce of you know strollers and by the way i'm sure there's much better ones but i don't know about them so for now it's the best one and so um they give you the car seat you put it in the car seat everything's great you're like yeah that's perfect yeah 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 and then you're like wait a second the kid's 10 months his feet are hanging off the side of the uh, the, the car seat we need another one so you know pray does all the research i'm not doing any research she's researching like crazy what's this let's check this out what's going on 
And so there's like, it's not like there's 74 stores you can go to. There's nope. like three. Three. So we go to the first one. The girls knew, has no idea what's going on. <laughs> Just, like, no idea. My, girl, my girlfriend had the same experience. Doesn't know anything about strollers. <laughs> Couldn't tell you what a car seat was. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing here? What's happening right now? So the first place was ridiculous. We went to a second place. They they had more people working, which was nice, and the people knew what they were talking about. We're not name have, we're not name dropping, eh? Are we, I don't want to name drop. We're not right name now. dropping, no. The the second place, everyone knows this place. We'll put it that way. Everyone, <laughs> if you have a baby, you go to this place. <laughs> so we go there, and and the they don't have anything that you can actually buy. Oh, oh, you want. You want this stroller? Yes, of course, of course, yes. Can I take it? Oh, no, no. No, no, you can't. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, no, we have to order it for you. Well, when will it be here? Oh, we don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Oh, it's in Winnipeg. It could be a month. It could be two months. We don't even know. It's not like a, not one of those like, oh, I don't know if you can do it. Like, no, you can do it. If I were on Amazon while I'm in your store, it will be in my house by Monday. <laughs> How much do you hate the word I don't know? Well, it was like 700. Well, it's, you know what? Well, listen, if you're selling, you know, donuts and you don't know if I can ship it, I understand. It's a $12 box. Do you really want to spend $20 on shipping? I don't know. But if if it's a $700 car seat, which the one we liked was, which is insanity to me. That's but insanity. It was $100. And if you had it there, there's a high probability we leave with the car seat. And not only do they not have it, they don't know when you can have it. They don't know where you're going to get it. And they don't know if they're going to drop it out of your house or if you got to come back to the store. They go, well, we can sell you the floor model. Okay, sure. Mm. How much is the floor model? Oh, no, we don't discount floor models. What do you mean you don't discount floor models? This is the floor model. You always discount the floor model. It's been used for the last whatever year. Yeah. yeah no, it's full price. Okay, we're going to go now. <laughs> We'll talk to you later. Strike two. So we end up going to, to uh, Langley after. Ooh, Langley. We all know what's out in Langley. Yeah. And uh, I'll be honest with you. We found this guy that worked there, and he knew everything there was to know about strollers. The best. He knew everything there was to know about car seats. Mm-hmm. He knew everything there was to know about the entire thing. I, and I was, it was, his knowledge base was exquisite. Outstanding. And, um, but they didn't have the one we wanted. (laughs) They had a whole bunch of different ones, but they didn't have the one that we wanted. So we decide we're going to get that one and it's, it's not available. So now we have to order it online. Luckily, Priest family goes to America all the time because, you know, they got a business down there. And so we're going to ship this thing to America and bring it over the border. It, it's like you can't even get the stuff that you actually want. Nobody has it in Canada. It's like a disaster. Why no one has come up with the idea of like a Costco-sized warehouse for baby stuff? Considering the addressable market is, I don't know, everyone ever. <laughs> I would think that you could make a lot of money just stacking the stuff on top of the stuff and making sure people could leave with whatever they wanted. And by the way, it's not like they're giving out deals at these stores. They're not giving out deals at these stores. So very good. 
so that was my that was my car seat experience. How many how many hours did it take up in your day? Three hours. Four hours. And at the end of the day, you didn't get the car seat. No, but we went to Starbucks right after. <laughs> What'd you get at Starbucks? Dude, they had this. Uh, well, that was another thing. <laughs> they had um. There's just no oat milk. They got oat milk there, and they had this like cinnamon oat milk <laughs> ice something something. And then the girl runs out of oat milk three quarters through my drink. What do you mean three quarters through your drink? She pours. She pours oat milk, and then. Oh, there's no more oat milk. I'll be right back. She leaves. She goes somewhere. She comes back. There's no more oat milk. Would you like regular milk? Would you like soy milk? Would you like... No, I don't want... You don't mix milks. What are you talking about? You don't just mix milks. You're not at home. You're at Starbucks. I said, I'll take it from there. Just hand it over. And then, uh, yeah. What does Pre get? Caramel macchiato. Yeah, caramel macchiato. Nice. That's a good drink. That's my weekend treat to myself. You want your eyes to go from this to that? <laughs> Caramel macchiato. Let's okay. Well, let's go back. Uh, let's go back to the sugar kids cereal. Give me your top three when you're a kid. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is number one. Yeah. Two. I mean, I was a Cheerios. I mean, my so like it's not. We didn't have money growing up, right? So like, Cinnamon Toast Crunch was like once every six months. That wasn't like a. We got cinnamon toast crunch every week. It, it was, was a treat. It was a treat. Out of my Costco. Love it. And if you're lucky, you got honey nut Cheerios. So good. Right. So good. And, and then it was whatever Special K was doing. That's those are the. <laughs> those are your three. Those are the three. Yeah. What about you? Um, corn or frosted flakes, huge at our house. Frosted flakes, big deal. Yeah. Big deal. Um, golden grams. I loved golden grams. And then. My mom ran a daycare, so we did have like a good variety. But like I I I enjoyed Fruit Loops. Right. I mean, if you just want the straight sugar, let's hand them over. <laughs> well, well, what I was gonna say, are you gonna give that to Eli? I am not in charge of the cereal department at our house. Why? Uh, Prius. <laughs> I would not anticipate that being on the menu. No. Like you're not like not a chance. There's gonna be. Any of those three. I think, I think, you know, like she, she's like, you know, nutrition. Like, so we're going to have some, you know, we'll put some strawberries in with some Cheerios or something. You know, we had some, some porridge this morning with some strawberries. You know, Cheerios, Cheerios are still around. Like people still do Cheerios, not the honey nut, but regular Cheerios. There's no honey nut? No, there is honey nut, but I'm saying as a brand, like, I don't think anyone's feeding their kids Fruit Loops. I think people don't tell people. <laughs> I think if I was feeding my kid Frulos, I probably wouldn't admit it on the phone. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> so then we're in Langley, just down the road from the place we're not going to name. There's a place called Toy Traders. Have you ever heard of this place? Never. It's like Disneyland of toys. It's unbelievable. You love Disneyland. Oh, they're opening it April 1. But anyway, so this guy started this little shop, and it's essentially toys. And you could trade your toys in, and then he would give you money to spend in the store. And so he's grown it to this gigantic warehouse, and it is exactly what I would like. What an idea. A kid's uh, a kid store to be like. Right. Up to the ceilings. He's got Star Wars on the walls, like 
full action figurines. Full little guys, big guys, whatever, every, anything you could possibly think of. You just walk around and it's almost, it's like almost too overwhelming. Like there's too much stuff. Like you can't even, you don't even know what you're doing. You're just looking around. And you're like, what is all this stuff? What's so it called? Anyway, Toy Trader. I Toy think. Trader. And it's in the Toy Story font. Oh, nice. But it's like, if you're a kid at heart, which clearly. Clearly you are. It's, you have to go. And I think I need to go again and I need to just take my time. I think I need to spot myself like 30 minutes and just wander the halls. It was, a bit, it was a bit overwhelming for you. Michael Jordan figurines, Shaq, Iverson. So I'm a sports guy, obviously. Then they got like every single Star Wars, every single Simpsons, every, they got Lego everywhere. They got trading cars. They got Pokemon. They got every possible thing you could think of was in this place. And it was unreal. Wow. Anyway, so that's my, uh, that was our day yesterday. Yesterday, I actually went to our first kid's birthday with a yeah, kid. And ironically, I walked in. And yeah. ironically, you walked party. by. Um, a little different when you have a, when you have a kid. I mean, I've been to kids' birthday parties without a kid, and you're that guy. You're just like, <laughs> they're like, where's your kid? You're like, I'm just here with my buddy. Question, do you drink at the party? So... It depends. Okay. This is the actual answer. Where you were, we're at the shipyards there. Yep. Shipyards is free. I mean, if you're not drinking like I wasn't, you're essentially a degenerate outcast. <laughs> so everybody the, was. That seems like the general reason why parents bring their little kids down there is so that they can drink. That would be it's to it's to have a coffee cup with alcohol in it. That's literally it appears to from outside perspective. Yeah. I very rarely drink in general, but if, if I were to drink in public, this would probably be the place to drink. 100%. I mean, I 100% agree with you. I had a few cocktails. I'm not going to lie. I lived two blocks away from there. We walked down and we walked back. Picked up some pizza on the way home. Where'd you get pizza from? Nook. Looks good, yeah. Me and Lex had a great conversation. She just looks over me. She's like, she's like so, like, I'm thinking we should... Uh, get some pizza on the way home. I just stopped her. I was like, listen, any, anytime there's pizza in discussion, you don't have to ask me. <laughs> there's no, there's no like, Hey, should we get pizza on the way home? It's just always yeah. going to be yes. We're getting pizza. Yeah. yeah. No, the answer. yeah. <laughs> we, got actually, we went to Cerveza Tacos uh, on Espanay there. Very good. Very good. Maybe the best in the city. Whoa. Which one did yeah, you go for? I had all of them. So Pre got the two. There's four tacos you can get. Yeah. Pre got the vegetarian one. I got the other three. And then the guac uh, with chips was great. The tomatoes nicely diced. It was right? awesome. The guacamole, it was just like, it was yeah. perfect. Beautiful, yeah. All right. As much as uh, we love to listen to each other talk, we have an amazing guest on this episode. We feel it will relate a lot to all the new parents out there. And we hope you enjoy. <laughs> and now we'd like to welcome our first guest to the new baby who dis podcast, Jolyn Holmes from Goodnight Sleep Sight. Thank you. Hi. Thank you so much for being on, Jolyn. We really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Um, so we'd like to start off by just maybe getting some background, seeing how you got into the business. Maybe tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So I've been working with 
uh, families and little ones for over 20 years in a bunch of different capacities. A lot of that was I was an infant development consultant, worked as a child and youth worker, and then got my master's after that. About three years ago, I was approached by a friend um, who was hiring through Goodnight Sleep Site. So at that point, I went through the certification to become a sleep consultant. Um, so I've been doing that portion of it for just over three years. Wow. Yeah. So who are you, who are you certifying with? Um, it's the Family Sleep Institute, who are actually out of the States. They're one of the most kind of renowned for um, sleep consultants for their certification program. So they look at a lot of the scientific data behind sleep for children, um, babies, toddlers, all that stuff, in terms of how much sleep they need, when that sleep should happen, um, and what it looks like in terms of getting there to get that sleep for little ones. So that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. So you've been doing it full time for three years. Yes, for just over three years. Yeah, I was. I mean, my other jobs like sleep is always a hot topic for families. Yeah, uh, it tends to be that sleep, eating, and toileting, or all those areas we can't really <laughs> control or make little ones kind of sleep. So, I mean, I was doing it in the capacity of working with families before, but in terms of doing it more one on one, um, and in terms of an actual program, it's been just over three years. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So, uh, fundamentally. What are some of like the core beliefs that you have when you're talking about sleep training for, for kids? Like what are the, some of the like big do's and some of the big don'ts? Well, I mean, what I like to share with families, because I do a lot of like free sleep talks, um, like sleep clinics, sleep chats, different things like that, both in the community and both like now I'm doing them virtually via Zoom. But what I share with families is for sleep, it's kind of like any other parenting topic. So what works for some families doesn't work for other families. So I'm not like a big pusher and you need to sleep train, you need to do this or that. I really share with families, like whatever your family's beliefs are in terms of sleep and parenting and all that really kind of looks the same way for sleep. So if co-sleeping and, you know, having a family bed and all that stuff works for your family and everyone's kind of getting the sleep. Awesome. If you're having struggles with sleep in terms of everyone's not sleeping or that sleep is really disrupting our lives, then I like to share with families some of those tips um, to help them get the sleep that they need and look at why that sleep may not be happening and things we can do to, to look at it. Sleep training tends to get kind of a bad rap. When we think of sleep training, people generally just think of cry it out, the cry it out method. And what I share with families is the method of sleep training is honestly the smallest part of it. There's lots of times I can provide families all kinds of other tips looking at other areas, and we don't always need to get into that method. So when we're looking at it, like some of those areas we want to look at is the sleep environment in terms of is it conducive to sleep, what it looks like, are we getting baby or toddler the sleep that they need in terms of those timings and how much daytime sleep versus nighttime sleep they're getting. Um, looking So schedule is a big one. Um, looking at uh, what those sleep associations are. So it's kind of like for you or I, if we have something that we do before we go to sleep, our body just gets used to it and is sometimes dependent on it. So what that may look like is if we traveled or we go somewhere and we don't have our pillow or we don't have our bed, it's harder for us to fall asleep. For little ones, those sleep associations tend to look like kind of feeding, rocking, holding, co-sleeping, stuff like that. So for little ones, if they don't have that, then often we may see more struggles initially. So we talk about how to set up a routine and and um, schedule on that where we're trying to gently pull away those associations that are happening. So we're giving babies some more of that independent sleep. So I have a two-month-old, or eight weeks, I guess, eight-week-old yeah. uh, girl, and Anthony has... Uh, Ten months as yesterday. Ten, ten months. months wow. Ten months, boy. Um, yeah. 
we're yeah we're doing the co-sleeping for sure yeah and i believe is eli sleeping by himself yeah he has a crib beside the bed so we're, i mean i think i think the biggest thing i'm getting out of being a parent and as well as you know what you're saying and what everyone it's kind of like it's on a case-to-case basis for sure yeah so anytime families work with us Usually there's a free discovery call we offer. So that's kind of a call to chat and see what's going on for them to ask me questions to see if they feel I fit with what their hopes are or goals are for sleep um, and to answer some of those questions about how it works. And then if families choose to work with us, they complete like a questionnaire that gathers all that information from parenting to little one's temperament, to what your schedule looks like, to what your goals are. So it's really giving me a picture of what things look like. Even before the pandemic, our support was virtual. And so, um, it, you know, you really need those pieces of the puzzle because I'm obviously not there and not seeing um, families. And mm-hmm. so it really is trying to gather those informations because a lot of times, like, you know, the tiniest little things that, you know, we don't really think could be affecting sleep sometimes are. So I find getting the most information we can really helps to see what, what that puzzle is and help figure it out. Yeah. I mean, that makes the most sense. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't want to sleep by herself, doesn't want to do any yeah. of this. So do you just focus on like newborns? No, actually. So we work all the way from newborns up until teens, actually. So wow. we, I just um, I just helped, I think it was about a year ago, I helped Goodnight Sleep Site because Goodnight Sleep Site itself is based out of the Toronto area. And then we have consultants all over Canada and the States. So I help them to develop a child and teen program. A lot of that looks different in terms of what it looks like for babies or toddlers. At that kids and teenage, we're dealing a lot with um, technology, just a busier pace of life um, and go, go, go that we tend to see in our own lives now. So a lot of the work with kids and teens is more looking at screen time, looking at building in some of that downtime um, and looking at what sleep looks like for them. Whereas babies and toddlers, Uh, we're trying to build that foundation. So we're looking a bit differently. Generally, we have a newborn kind of do-it-yourself program, which looks at um, just providing some of those tips kind of to lay the foundation. But we don't do any formal sleep training until babies are 16 weeks or close to four months. And basically, that's just because it's not until that time that their little internal clocks are fully developed and they're kind of ready to go on more of a clock-based schedule. They're not as needy and dependent on in terms of needing all those Um, snuggles and feeds and all that stuff Mm. like that so we don't recommend any kind of formal sleep training until that age perfect so I got like two months then yeah (laughs) (laughs) we we got into a little bit of a groove with our kid he was he was sleeping pretty decent and then he got he got a fever yeah and and everything went out the window like yeah disaster what what are some tips for for when that happens I mean, generally, it went back to square zero for sure, for sure. So (laughs) what I share with my families that I work with, so one of those keys I I share with families besides getting baby sleeping is to talk about those sleep progressions, those bumps down the road that always come up and how do we deal with them? So generally, we say when baby is sick, it's kind of like when you or I are sick, we just feel crappy and we need those extra snuggles and hugs and all that stuff. So generally, we say if baby is or toddler or child is sick, just do what we need to do in terms of providing that extra support. What we just want to make sure that we do when they're feeling better is trying to get back on track. So depending on what that looks like for your family in terms of maybe it's getting them back into the crib, maybe it's getting them back to fall asleep on their own. Um, we're, we're trying to get back into that place with them. 
at that age of like eight to 10 months, it gets a little trickier because they're a bit more aware, right? So our little four and five months olds aren't really as cognitively aware to kind of get stuck on those supports or kind of know what's happening. By eight to 10 months, they're a lot more aware. So it gets a bit trickier because we are gonna see a bit more crying. We are gonna see a bit more of them resisting that change. And it's kind of like you or I, like change is hard for anyone. For little ones, how they kind of express that to us, unfortunately, is through that crying. But what I share with families is there's lots of ways to support them. Like we don't need to stick them in a crib or a room and let them cry. We There's lots of methods and ways we can support that transition, but also get them back on track. That's amazing. It's definitely the biggest eye opener, even though people tell you about it. I mean, that's the first thing that yeah. the second you say you're pregnant, the next <laughs> the next thing out of the person's mouth is, well, there goes your sleep. <laughs> yeah 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 and it's, well and I say yeah and I say sleep is something we we kind of take for granted until we're not getting it and honestly the biggest thing I find families say after we get baby or toddler sleeping through the night is that they can't sleep through the night because mm -hmm. our body just gets so conditioned to kind of waking at those times and supporting baby that it's hard for even ourselves to kind of get back on track and get back into getting those longer chunks of sleep yeah 100 percent. let me ask this question so yeah. speaking what do you suggest? Do you suggest people have a crib beside the bed and then at some point they move the bed out of the room or, or do, you, do you like, is it, do you have a structure that you suggest or is it kind of like whatever you feel like? I mean, what I talk with families about is what, what it looks like right now, how that works for them. So does it work to have the crib in the bed? What, what are we, I mean, crib in the room, sorry. Are we doing it just, you know, for safety reasons? Like, what is the purpose for it and then talk about what that looks like a lot of times I'm saying to families if they're looking at transitioning like moving crib out of the room or something in the next month and we're going to be sleep training sometimes it's great to kind of do it all at once but there's no right or wrong way like I find in the Vancouver area housing is kind of crazy so there's lots of families who logistically maybe have more than one child maybe are living you know in a one-bedroom place and so baby is in the room with them and you can totally sleep train and do it with baby in the room with us it just looks a bit different. So, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer to it. Really, it's working with what you guys, you know, are wanting and how we can make that work. Do you have like a suggested time frame or is not really? Um, I mean, generally, I find between six and eight months, mainly because little ones are more aware, as I shared. Sometimes I find that's a better time to sleep train. A lot of times what happens is, you know, just even if... You, like I just find we hear their little noises, they hear our little noises, so their sleep can be a bit more disrupted. I find sometimes when they have their own sleep space at that point, families are surprised just by doing that. Often their sleep kind of gets a bit better. Um, so I generally will say, like, I feel like most families like to have baby in the room until somewhere between four and six months. I would say probably my most common time of the moving baby out is around that time, but I've had families, like I said, who have done it um, up to a year. Uh, sometimes you can transition it so like I'm not sure logistics of the bedroom but sometimes you can move crib like end of the bed or farther away sometimes people will put like a partition up between crib and bed so we're kind of um you know giving them their own little space before we transition them out so mm -hmm. there's there's some different ways to kind of do it and would you have uh clients I guess would you have people come back in a later time yes I actually like it's funny because this year I've had my most probably second babies coming back. So I've sleep trained their first ones when I first started uh, two, three years ago. And now those little ones are toddlers and they have new babies. Yeah. So they're sleep training again with new babies. And the funny part is people would think, oh, well, don't they have the skill to do it the first time? 
But the difference is we don't just provide a plan and give you the plan, we support you through it. So they get support over two weeks via text, via phone calls, via whatever they want um, to kind of walk them through it. And so I feel like for families, like it, it's so crazy to me right now, but I just feel like there's so much information out there through social media, through reading stuff, it gets very overwhelming and confusing for families. And so when they have someone kind of walking them through it and supporting them, that second guessing that we all do as parents, I feel like, you know, it just goes smoother for them. So I have tons of people that come back with second babies. <laughs> Great. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people need the help, honestly. Yeah. One of the yeah. things I've seen online is, you know, when, when you, you first let them go, you got to let them cry a little bit because they're not going to be too excited about it. But then there's like a standard, like if the, if the kid keeps crying after 20 minutes, you need to let you need to go do something. It's, well, it's, yeah. I mean, it varies. And again, what's your parenting style on that? I, I mean, there's not, I generally share with families, there's not going to be a baby where we're going to take all these supports away in terms of feeding to sleep, rocking to sleep, put them in a new crib and room by themselves. And they're going to be like, Oh, great. And they're just going to roll over and go to sleep as much as we may love that. It's not really reality. So there definitely is going to be, and I share with my families, it is not usually fun. Those first couple of days, you may actually get less sleep those first couple of days. Um, but there's definitely ways we can support baby toddler, um, child to get the sleep they need while also feeling like we're going in and responding to their needs. So as I shared, there's this notion that when we do sleep training, we're not going in and responding to baby's needs, which is the furthest thing from the truth. My background myself is I'm a registered clinical counselor here in BC. So I'm very looking at it from an attachment base in terms of what babies need. And I generally share like babies, especially under a year, they get those, you know, their response about environment, understanding of all that through us. And so oftentimes they need us to go in and provide that reassurance to support them, to bring them down if they're really upset. So one of my most common methods is one where we call it our peak and pause, um, but it's very similar to kind of a gradual interval method. So with this method, families have a chart. It goes over seven days. The intervals go up a little bit each night and each day going forward. So they start off pretty small. Our first time is four minutes, then six minutes, then 12 minutes. So what that would look like is we would move, you know, baby into if it was their room or just putting them down in the crib awake. Um, and then if they're crying at the four minute mark, we can go in, we can put our hands on them. We can say something soothing or reassuring, staying for a minute or two and then leaving the room and then coming in again at the six minutes and then 12 minutes. So it's a pretty gradual approach. I find families like it because they feel like they're going in and they're providing that comfort and support to baby as baby's learning it. Um, and then slowly we're kind of giving more time for baby to kind of fall asleep on their own and figure out that, that skill of self-soothing. Then victory. Yeah. Victory. <laughs> it's quite surprising. Like I usually say to families, those first couple nights are not fun. Yeah. In all honesty, if we're being consistent and we're kind of following along with an approach, usually by night three to five, we will see pretty significant improvements in terms of sleep. And usually by night five to seven, we'll see them sleeping through the night. So, um, what, but what I really share with families is more than anything, more than, you know, all the other aspects, it really is that consistency for babies. They don't really understand, you know, sometimes we may go in and do that. Sometimes we're going to go in and do this. Sometimes we're doing, you know, something else. And so when we respond consistently and we're supporting them, they just get it. And so families are usually quite surprised how quickly it comes together when we're kind of have a plan and we're, and we're doing the same thing consistently with them. Honestly, I mean, this has been fantastic. I think one of the things that's been cool is seeing how many people, um, once they use you, the, the referrals, your business is mostly referral based, correct? 
It's crazy. So yeah, I would say like my first couple years, um, when I was doing it, maybe the first year and a half, you know, it's pretty slow. There's quite a few sleep consultants out here. So it is getting the word of mouth out. Um, but I would say like the last year and a bit, it's crazy. Yeah. I would say probably 90% of my referrals come from other families, which I find is just, you know, when, when families have know someone that's worked with me I just feel like they have a more of an ease about it it's kind of hard to explain that somebody you don't really know is going to come in and tell you how to put your kid to sleep or do this or that um so that word of mouth yes for sure is everything in terms of of the support that it gives other families I feel like your website what was your website uh my website is uh goodnightsleepsite.com and then it's slash jolin is the name you can find me on instagram and facebook both under goodnightsleepsite jolin um, I do run, so every Sunday on my Facebook and Instagram, I do a Sunday sleep session. So you can come on, post your sleep questions. I answer sleep questions all day until eight o'clock at night. It can be anything. Um, and then usually once a month, the, so whole day? the whole day I'm on there answering questions. Yeah. Wow. So people will, people will post. I mean, I come on and off, like I'm not sitting at the computer all day, but if a question pops up, I'll answer it. Um, and then uh, every, once a month. Um, at least you sometimes this month I'm doing two in March, but I do a virtual sleep chat. So families can come on via zoom. It's free. Um, I talk about kind of those areas I talked about with you guys initially. So just looking at sleep environment and, um, the schedule and routines and all that stuff. I give them information and then there's, uh, opportunity at the end for them to ask more individual questions. Um, so I do that monthly and then I do some community ones. So with libraries, um, I've done them with chapters, the snuggle bugs, trying to just um, provide it out in the community because I realize like it's not a it's not a cheap service um, in terms of services for some families. So I, I say to families, if I can kind of give the information and families can take it and go or even if it improves sleep to the level where families are happy, I'm happy to do that. So I do like to be able to provide some of those resources free to those in the community. So we always like to well, we want to ask everyone on the podcast uh what are your top three kid movies? Top three kid movies. Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> I feel like like my little guys, my youngest right now is uh, six. So we've been watching like Mighty Ducks. Nice. Um, like all those old Sandlot was another one we just recently watched. Sandlot. Watched... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We watched uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure last weekend was one that he thought was pretty funny because he hadn't seen it before. Kind of quirky. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we love Disney movies too. Perfect. Disney ones, but yeah. <laughs> so you have children of your own? Yes. I have two boys. Uh, they're six and 22. So quite an age difference there. Wow. So you have yeah. <laughs> tons of experience then. You've gone through yeah. it all. Yeah, I had a teenager and a baby at the same time, so it was fun times. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on. No, thanks again for having me.